We are joined by Josh Neighbors from the podcast Locked on Big 12. And Josh, big night in the Big 12 last night as uh, Coach Chris Beard goes back to Lubbock. Red Raiders win the ball game, and uh, it was uh, it certainly appeared to be a fun atmosphere in uh, in Lubbock last night. Yeah, it, I thought Chris Beard handled it pretty well. Although there were there was some talk about before the game, or at least last night, there was um, some kind of disagreement, I guess, between Mark Adams and Chris Beard about maybe Mark Adams kind of you know not taking the high road and inciting the fans a bit, but. To me, it was all fun. I actually thought uh, Chris Patola, who was doing the color commentary on ESPN, said a really funny thing earlier on. He goes, we need more hate and animosity in college basketball. <laughs> and really, like, it wasn't harmful. I didn't think anything part of last night was harmful. I thought it was good fun. It was good competition. I think Chris Beard is right when he says this is life. This is what happens. Things change. I think the fans are right to be mad at him because there's argument that Texas Tech is a better basketball situation than Texas is, and maybe he just left for the Longhorn logo, and you know, or maybe you think that he left, you know, because that's his alma mater. I, I think everybody here has a claim that they're right about, and I thought it made for an awesome atmosphere. I actually was pretty impressed with the way that Texas hung on, you know, hung on in that game as long as they did. I, I thought, you know, the line was a four. I jumped all over Texas Tech because. They're just a much better basketball team. They hadn't lost at home. So I was actually pretty impressed with the way that Texas hung in in that environment um, and kind of you know kept that thing close there towards the very end. When you look at the Big 12 overall and, and the way that Tech is playing defense consistently, consistently right now, are, are they a legitimate contender to maybe sneak up and, and take this league? Yeah, so, uh, you know, I, I'm a producer at SiriusXM Big 12 Radio, and I got to credit my the main producer, Robert Robbie Triano. He, he's he been all over this. He said, I think Tech's going to win the league. And to me, it's, you know, I've said this to you guys, too. Like, I think if Kansas gets it figured out, it's really, like, it's hard to beat a team that's got that much talent. But at this point in time, and that was really good for them last night over Iowa State, um, but we saw them just get throttled uh, the other day against Kentucky at home. And that was with Oshai Baji, that was with, with Remy Martin, too. So, you know, I, I think they're clearly still figuring it out. And now we're in February. And the one thing for Tech that does concern me a little bit is that they don't have a true point guard, but I guess they make up for it with how much, you know, like you're giving up and uh, not having a true point guard, but you kind of make up for that. And the fact that you've got a bunch of dudes who are all above 6'6", six, six, and it makes it really hard on the defensive end of the floor or the offensive end, I should say, for other teams. So, I mean, I think there's no reason they can't win this league, um, especially a tournament setting. You know, if you can if you can crank up that defense on three straight days, you're going to be in, in great, sh- great shape. And, um, yeah, I think, you know, I, I think we know what Tech, Tech is. Like, I think we know what they are as compared to a Baylor where we've seen it. We don't know if they can keep doing it consistently. You know, it's, there's kind of a, a question about that at this point in time. Like, I know what Tech is. And I know if they're playing at their top level, which seems that I mean, they play it pretty often. I'd say they were close to top level against Kansas last week. And still, I know they gave them a great fight towards the very end, almost won that game. Uh, you know, I, I think they're good enough to not just win the Big 12, but I mean, they could go easily make a Final Four this year. Talking with Josh Neighbors of the Locked On Big 12 podcast. Josh, you mentioned Kansas there. You mentioned Baylor. Uh, the Bears are about to head up to uh, Lawrence this weekend. 
you know, Kansas, they don't lose at home, and you get embarrassed by Kentucky. Baylor is banged up, obviously, and they're more than likely – we don't know for sure, but they're more than likely going to not have their full roster available uh, once again this weekend. What are your thoughts on uh, Baylor headed up to Lawrence? Yeah, well, yeah, we'll see what both teams have because Baylor's not – you know, Baylor is dealing with, obviously, some injuries at this point in time. Kansas, uh, no Oshag, Baji, no Remy Martin last night. And that's huge for them because they're really trying to figure out what they should do with Remy Martin. They're trying to figure out, like, should we start him? Should we bring him off the bench? Is he the best part? Are are we good enough with him, without him? They're trying to figure that out. And Baylor is trying to rediscover that form, basically, they had earlier in the season. They've done it in fits and spurts. But um, right now, they're not playing their best basketball. So it's a very curious situation because these are two top ten teams. And you feel like, hey – we're in February, but by hook or by crook, we're kind of in a spot where they're not Baylor and Kansas at peak efficiency right now. They're not what we think. So, you know, that, that makes the game a whole lot more interesting. And I think that kind of makes you lean towards KU because they are at home. But a pivotal game here because Kansas only has the one conference loss. Baylor has two. And so, you know, you could be in a situation where KU can take that two-game lead a lot of basketball left to play, but they might be able to start, you know, putting some distance between them and Baylor for that number one spot in the uh, in the conference. You bring up a great point. In your opinion, when when Baylor is healthy, and they were fifteen and zero, just how good is this team when they're when they've got all their complement of players? Yeah, I mean, it's like you can't bet against them when they were when they were on fire. And the funny part was, you know, the, the, the two losses were like these weird two losses at home, but, um, you know, they, they can still go shot for shot with teams, just not in the way they were last year. Like, you, you know, I, I kind of think that game against Alabama on Saturday was one of those where you think about last year's team, if they had Teague Butler and Mitchell, that's a shootout. And that's actually a game that Baylor probably wins just with talent on the outside. They just weren't hitting shots and they didn't have LJ Cryer. I, I know that that kind of hurt them. Uh, they made some poor decisions, I thought, with the basketball late in the game, a couple bad turnovers. So, you know, they can get that cleaned up. It's just – I mean, I, I'm impressed with how good they were early on, despite the fact they lost all those guys. I, I still think they're a Final Four contender at, if they're at 110%. But, you know, my question is, does the rubber meet the road later on in the season? Just because it's, it's so hard to win back-to-back, especially after you lose so many guys. So – Final four contender at their best, but the question is, will health slash quality of play permit them being that best in March? Who's the biggest surprise in the Big 12 as we get to the turning point for you? TCU. Uh, I, I really enjoyed watching TCU. The, you know, and I think Jamie Dixon with eight new guys. This transfer era in basketball, I know it's been there for a little bit, but it really does test the coach. On okay, how make how fast can you make your team coalesce? And so I know there was a bit of heat on Jamie Dixon after some of their performances in recent seasons, but now you get the eight guys, and this was the big test. And um, for them, you know, just to have guys across the board who are all stepping up, and for them to play as well with Ball and O'Bannon and Lampkin, all those guys, you know, being able to show up for them and and, and play as well as they have. You know, they've won three of their last four. They beat Iowa State on the road the other day. Um, they beat LSU at home. And they beat Oklahoma 
on the road. Now they've got Kansas State and Oklahoma State at home. So they've got a good chance to get themselves up towards the top of the Big 12. Do I think they end up winning? No, but right now they're 4-3, and three, a chance to be 6-3 and three as they head into you know mid-February, which uh, I'm not sure we thought was coming with CCU. Josh, you know, coming into this season, I, I don't think anybody would have doubted or questioned that the Big 12 was the best league uh, in college basketball. But And you kind of mentioned it there with the transfer portal. And when you look at the landscape right now and if, uh, look back on the Big 12 SEC challenge, the SEC takes that. Um, has, has the transfer portal created some parity? And where is the Big 12 when you look at the landscape of college basketball with the SEC on the rise and the Big 10 doing what they're doing? Yes, yeah, some people would like to tell you that the SEC is the best basketball conference because they won the challenge. The Big 12 is 9-7 and seven this season against the SEC. So, if you want to take one day, sure, the SEC was better. But over the course of the entire season, the Big 12 has been uh, just a touch better at 9-7. and seven. Look, I think because the style of play in the Big 12, it, you know, the Big 10 to me last year, they had some issues because there was a lot of big man-centric play happening for a bunch of teams, you know, the Purdue's of the world, uh, you know, your Michigan's of the world, those are their top teams, and they were so big man dependent. Even Illinois still is with Kofi Coburn there in the middle. And so the question is, you know, does that kind of style translate? Well, in the Big 12, what you see is a whole lot of – you get a mixture of games. You get up and down games. You get some games that are in the 50s. You know, you can get the games that are in the 80s. You get that mixture, and there's different styles. And so, also, this is a point that Jay Dillis likes to make, and I think he's right. Like, they let a lot go in the Big 12 in terms of officiating. I mean, it is a rough and tough league. Um, but it does toughen some teams up for the NCAA tournament. And uh, it's tougher because the whistles aren't the same. But these are, these are the toughest teams, and you kind of know they have the endurance, the stamina, the ability to deal with the top quality of basketball when we hit that in March. So, to me, it's still the best league, in my opinion. Um, and I think also the transfer portal stuff, the Big 12 schools have done a really good job of getting themselves, I mean, great transfers. And like, guy like Jalen Coleman-Land comes off the bench for Kansas, which is pretty crazy. Joseph Yesesu comes off the bench for Kansas most times. Uh, you know, Remy Martin has started to come off the bench. Just shows the quality already in the conference, but also the ability to get guys. And also people like Kevin O'Banner, too. Guys want to come play and test their mill in the best conference in America, which I love to see. Let's switch gears a little bit. Uh, I want to talk uh, as you know today's National Signing Day. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about NIL. In your opinion, as we move forward with NIL, is this going to create more of a have and have not? As there's going to be those certain institutions that are going to be able to help provide that NIL money, and there's going to be some that will not be able to help provide those same kind of dollars. And is that going to, is that going to create an even bigger separation in your opinion? Well, to me, there's always been uh, some, there's always been inequality. And I think, I think we always, we always know that with, with college football, this just kind of puts the inequality above board, if you will. Now I know it's not all above board because the way that's being done, you know, but nobody's enforcing the rules. So I guess, it's all fine uh, at this point in time. But I know Lane Kiffin made the comment yesterday that, you know, hey, does A&M have to pay luxury tax uh, <laughs> because of the cost of this roster they got coming in? You know, to me, it's going gonna, it's gonna to create inequality. The big thing that we need, and I'm going to keep banging this drum, is the college football playoff expansion with automatic qualifiers just because the only, the only way you're going to get this more even is if the schools are directly getting more money, the conferences are getting directly more money 
for their appearances, which they're basically guaranteed to get, right? All that qualifiers, guaranteed appearances for conferences, for teams. We get new logos, new helmets. I don't, you know, I don't care if they get smacked around in the, in the, the playoffs. They're getting the money, and the money translates to more support staff. The money translates, you know, in, in the program. Also, if you're if you're in the playoff or whatever, the money outside the program is going to come as well too. That that's really what we have to fix, I think, before we concern ourselves because the, the NIL money is really only going to come to the top top kids, and it's always been doing. I mean, the, the money is always going to come to the top top kids, but the best way to fix that is by expanding which teams are on the biggest stages. That way, kids might say, oh, well, you know, I, I might go there, and also hopefully there's some NIL money in it for them wherever they go. Um, to me, that's the way to fix it. But, yeah, I, I think this is just more uh, – the, the inequality is now more above board than it was in the past is really my take on it. And the expansion thing, I could not agree with you more. Hey, Josh, what are you working on right now for, uh, for the podcast? Yeah, we're about to have our, our episode actually about to drop right now. It's about Caleb Williams finally deciding to go to USC. Caleb Williams watch is officially over. And then also we're going to talk some Big 12 hoops this week as well. Hey, that is perfect. We, we appreciate your time as always, Josh. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. Yep, talk to you guys next week. You bet. Uh, Josh Neighbors.